Good evening. Happy Thursday. This is Talking Sports with Evan. I am here this evening coming from Door County, Wisconsin, where I've been the last week. So apologize ahead of time if you uh, hear any dog dogs uh, barking in the background. They seem to like barking at any chance they get. Um, so if you hear that, just apologize ahead of time. So, But lots to discuss going on. The NBA draft going on as we speak at the moment. Um not really any surprise picks thus far. Victor Wembenyama goes number one overall to San Antonio. The last two number one picks from San Antonio has been Tim Duncan and David Robinson. So Victor has some big shoes to fill. His feet are definitely big enough to fill those shoes, but some big shoes to fill for Victor to see if he can, in fact, be up there with Tim Duncan and David Robinson when it's all said and done for him as an NBA player. We'll see. And Victor is a special athlete. He is seven foot five, um, can handle the ball, can play the post, um, or seven two. Um, I've seen his height less than anywhere from seven two to seven five. Um, but he's a guy that can handle the ball, he can shoot, good defender. He's what you call a unicorn, like your Luca, your Jokic, your Giannis. Uh, he's a he's a unicorn who can definitely uh, be a difference maker in the NBA if he's able to adapt to the NBA and if he's able to also um, stay healthy. Because anytime you have a guy with his size, it's going to be all about his health. And you saw with. Um, one of the picks last year and Chet Holmgren, he's a guy that spent most of last year injured at 7-1 to 21 years old. The Thunder drafted him last year. Couldn't stay healthy. We'll see if he does. We've seen it with Joel Embiid. Teams always have an injury every other year. We didn't see Embiid play at all, I think, his first two years in the league. So when you get a guy typically that size, health is important. Look at Yao Ming as well. But I think Victor um, has the potential to be a very special basketball player. Congrats to San Antonio for bringing him in. He's going to have a great coach to learn from and Greg uh, Popovich and a system that's going to help him develop an NBA game. And I'm very curious to see what happens. But that's not the only NBA news that has been happening thus far. Um, The draft has been going on, but since yesterday – Trades have been happening. Um, Boston, not Memphis, and the Wizards involved in a three three team trade trade yesterday. It was supposed to originally be involving the Clippers, but that fell apart with um, with Brogdon not being who uh, with his injuries his injury history concerned the Clippers. And you have a team with Paul George and and Kawhi Leonard who are hurt all the time. So you definitely don't want to need don't want to or don't don't need to take a risk on another injury history player. Um, but ends up being Marcus Smart included in that trade. They the trade falls apart and then very quickly comes back together. And you have Pozingis going to Boston with some picks, Marcus Smart going to Memphis, and you have the Wizards getting some draft picks and um, some players involved as well, and good for Bo- good for Boston getting Pozingas, 
Um, he's a guy that can definitely, um, definitely help them. Now, is it enough to get them over the top in the Eastern Conference? I don't know about that, um, but definitely a good, smart decision there. Tyrus Jones is here as well, um, going to Washington as well. And Marcus Smart to Memphis, they're going to be without John Morant for the first 25 games of the year. They need some uh, some more talent there to help them through that. Marcus Smart, not the scorer that – and has not had to be the scorer that John Morant is, but Marcus Smart um, def- defensively pair him with last year's defensive player of the year. Um, he's, a def- he's a reigning – a former defensive player of the year. Defensively, Memphis could probably definitely win some close games – and Marcus Smart, his offensive part of his game can turn it on a little bit. We'll see what happens in in Memphis with John Morant. So a trade that benefits most of the teams involved. Um, and Boston getting Pozingas, he's a, adds some scoring, some nice rim protection that Boston needs, um, efficient three-point shooter. Now, I don't think defensively he puts him in the category of an NBA champion. They are going to <clears throat> excuse me, they are going to struggle to guard guys like Giannis. Um, especially if Hor- Horford getting up there in age and likely retiring. But he uh Pazingas, he's not gonna really give you much defensively when you're playing up against a guy like Giannis. Other NBA moves that happened is Chris Paul, who went to Washington initially in the uh, Beal trade that sent Beal to the Suns, Chris Paul now goes to Golden State and Jordan Poole goes to Washington. Um, Obviously, Golden State wanted to get rid of Poole on his $28 million salary. Um, Paul's $30.8 million for next season is not guaranteed. Um, but I don't think they liked, uh, Jordan Poole in that locker room. He had a great playoffs the year they won the championship, uh, two years ago, but this past year after getting punched in the face by, um, getting uh, punched in the face by his teammate, he, uh, he struggled this season and he wasn't the player that they were hoping he was going to develop into and Poole struggled and, Paul's money comes off the Warriors' book next year. Poole's money's off the books this year. And, you know, Golden State, they think they're still talented enough to make a championship run. Steph Curry, if he's healthy, is one of the best scorers in the league. Klay Thompson, he had a healthy season for the first time in a couple years. Draymond Green possibly coming back after his opt-out. I should say likely coming back. They, they feel they are still in their championship window and they think Chris Paul isn't the better chance than Jordan Poole to get there. I don't agree with that. Per, you know, to be honest, I don't think Chris Paul helps them get to the NBA championship and gets them another win, but they think he will help them more than Jordan Poole. Um, and Poole definitely was not the part next uh, this past year. And Washington, by getting Poole there too, you have 
Tyrus Jones. You have Jordan Poole. You have last year's lottery pick in Davis, who looked to be playing better basketball towards the end of the year. And they're doing exactly what you want to do if you are a team that is literally rebuilding. And that is what the the Wizards have decided they want to do. They want to be a rebuilding team. And then some Milwaukee Bucks news, news that literally surprised nobody, but yet some people are still freaking out about it. Chris Middleton declined his $40.4 million player, player option. He decided to decline his option which is actually a good move. It doesn't mean Chris Middleton's going anywhere. In fact, it's very unlikely Chris Middleton is going anywhere whatsoever. The The reason why he opts out. So if he opts in, he's going to be make $40.4 million And because of him opting in, there's a possibility that Brooke Lopez doesn't come back and the Bucks are very limited on what they can do. But with Middleton opting out, they can bring him back on a new contract that's going to be less money, especially this year and next year. It's going to spread that money out a little bit and give him some more security um, than just having the one year left on his contract. Middleton's not going anywhere. And I know one particular Bucks fan who's going to be very disappointed hearing that because he does not like Chris Middleton whatsoever. But Chris Middleton's not going anywhere. Um, and they, unfortunately, you know, with the way the NBA is and the salaries are, they have, you know, they, they kind of have to bring him back. Um. They kind of have to bring him back for the fact that, yes, you know, Middleton taking money off the books, but it's not money they can spend. They're they're strapped with money. The easiest way is to bring Middleton back for another year and go from there. And then the question is, what are the Bucks going to do to, to reform, to improve their roster from there? Are they just going to run it all back with everybody, with everybody and hope with a new coach they can get back to the NBA championship? Or they're going to make some moves. And as the, the this show is going live, the NBA draft is going on as we speak, and the Bucks could trade into the first round, which would likely mean trading a Grayson Allen or a Bobby Portis or both. There's Pat Connaughton, excuse me, that can be moved for some assets and stuff as well. Question is, what is the Bucks roster going to look like? And I don't really know that right now. And we won't really know that until the NBA draft is over. The Bucks have the final pick in the NBA draft as we speak. So if you're waiting for the Bucks to draft somebody, unless they do trade in back into that first or trade into that first round, we ain't gonna know what they're gonna do and what that roster could look like. And the big moves to think about or big moves to anticipate potentially tonight would be a Grayson Allen being moved, possibly a Bobby Portis being moved. Um, possibly a Pat Connaughton involved in something. You're not going to see Chris Middleton obviously move since he opted out. Definitely not going to see Giannis move. You're not. You're very unlikely going to see Drew Holiday move. So I, I talked about this a couple weeks ago with Justin Garcia. Tristan and I talked about this as well. The Bucks are probably more than likely keeping that big three together. 
and they're going to maybe do some tweaks around the big three. Lopez likely going to be back. But outside of that, I think anything goes with this Bucks lineup and how this Bucks lineup could look. And I, I want to get your thoughts. If you want to tweet at me um, when you're watching this, at Evan Witt Sports, my Twitter handle, if you're watching the videos in the bottom of the screen, um, shoot me a tweet and let me know what you want to see the Bucks do um, to try to improve this roster. Still way too early to say what that's going to look like. But looking through... The possibilities right now, Bucks haven't made a move yet, and we're starting to get to that point where, you know, the Bucks were looking to potentially get into that 20 to 30 range. We're now getting into that territory where we might see the Bucks make a move. On Twitter, Drew Holiday is currently trending. Um, nothing really, no real reason why he's trending. Look at clicking on his name. Um, just showing uh, flashbacks of plays that Drew Holiday made and that the Suns aren't going to have a draft pick, uh, their own draft pick until 2031. Um, So not really anything burning on the Holiday front, but I don't think Holiday goes anywhere. I think he stays in Milwaukee. I think they keep the big three together, love it or hate it. I think Lopez comes back at a cheaper rate. Um, And... Like I said, we might just see some moves made on the other positions. Like I said, a Grayson Allen, Bobby Portis, Pat Connaughton, all possibility to be traded. So, But the NBA draft, currently 19th pick is on the board with the Golden State Warriors, who could definitely use some more bench when you're spending the money that Golden State is spending right now. Um, that's the pick they got from... I think, no, it's not a pick that they got from Washington. I don't know why they got the 19th pick. They were a playoff team this year. Well, I guess they're out of lottery, so it wouldn't make sense. But Golden State needs some depth. They need to start developing some guys because with the new CBA kicking in and all the money uh, Golden State is spending currently for their roster. Now, with Chris Paul coming back to them on that trade, they could definitely use some... Uh, they could definitely use some bench uh, versatility and a stretch five as well could potentially help them. And ESPN has on it right now that with Draymond Green on the roster, uh, to, uh, $67 million, I guess they saved by Draymond potentially not being there. But the Warriors have a high, uh, very high um salary right now and it'll just be a matter of if uh they can find some depth depth pieces that can contribute so moving on milwaukee brewers baseball season is obviously well going on and the brewers off day today so thankfully the brewers could not disappoint us here today but the Brewers now a game and a half out of first place. Um, Cincinnati, winning winners of 11 in a row, I believe it is now. They uh, snuck in that first place, came out of nowhere, really. They're in first place. The Pirates are all the way down in fourth place. Um, they're 0-10 in their last 10. The Cubs are 8-2. Brewers are 4-6. And, and the Reds are 10-0 in their last 10. As I mentioned, the 
They're, the Reds kind of came out of nowhere. The Cubs have been sitting in that area, that third, fourth spot for a while now. And the Brewers are a game and a half out of first. And a tough series coming up with the Cleveland Guardians. Uh, and then you also have the Pittsburgh Pirates on that schedule as well. And the Brewers offense, big issue right now. They scored one run uh, in their loss against the Diamondbacks in the rubber match yesterday. They scored one run in the first game of the series in an embarrassing loss. And they they won 7-5 to five in uh, come from behind victory in the second game of that series. But offense continues to be a problem. The Brewers' offense is just atrocious. And I don't know what needs to happen at this point. Um, I don't think hiring new hitting coaches is going to change anything at this point. I don't think um, – I don't I don't know. And really, ultimately, there's three guys that needs to play better on the offense for the Milwaukee Brewers to start to heat things up again. Um, you have Christian Yelich right now, who has been on fire. Um, he has just been completely on fire. His last seven games, he's batting 292 uh, on base percentage of 370 and a 500 slugging, um, seven hits and 24 at bats. And his last 15, he's at 316, 391, 579 with two home runs and 18 hits and seven walks, 19 strikeouts. And his last 30 games, he's batting 290, 397, 456. And. Uh, you know, two home runs, nine RBIs, 31 hits, and 107 at-bats. Christian Yelich is Christian Yelich is playing like Christian Yelich that we saw in Miami before he went on some ridiculous baseball in his first two years in Milwaukee before um, crumbling big time. Yelich has, re- has found himself again, and Yelich is playing some pretty good baseball. However. There's a few guys around Yelich that need to play better or the Brewers need to look to replace them. And the first guy is Willie Adamas. In his last seven, he's got four hits and 24 at-bats and six strikeouts and three walks. He's averaging 167 with a 259 on base and a 167 slugging. His last 15 games, he's batting 200. In his last 30 games, he's batting 168, while his on-base percentage is 223. His slugging is 301. He's struck out 36 times in those 113 at-bats. Not good. For the year, he's batting 203, 285, 645. So that shows you that he has been not playing well for quite a while. And he has become basically a home run hitter. He hits home runs or he doesn't do anything. And that's the type of player he's become. He also has four home runs in his last 30 games. He's got 10 on the year, 29 RBIs. So he's not really having a lot of guys on base when he's getting those home runs. 48 hits total on the year and 236 at bats. And he struck out... Don't have that number right now. Here we go. He struck out a total of 71 times this season. 166 last year, 156 the year before. He had a very good stretch when he first got to Milwaukee. 
um, by when he traded for him with Tampa Bay. And I like Adamas. I think he, you know, he's a great locker room guy, but they need him to have an offense that's going to help push the Brewers over the top. The next guy up is Roddy Telez. Yes, he's got 12 home runs, but he's batting 220 with a 293 on base, 706 OPS. There's 12 home runs, 31 RBIs. His last seven games, he's batting 167 with four hits and 24 at-bats and four strikeouts. His last 15, he's batting 140 with a 173 on base percentage and a 160 slugging with zero home runs. His last 30, he's batting 175 with a 223 average uh, on base percentage, I mean, and a 268 slugging percentage. Um, two home runs in his last 97 at-bats. 24 strikeouts in that time, and he's struck out 61 times on the year. And he has career lows in on base percentage, tied or tied for a career low with 2019 with on base percentage. His slugging percentage is a career low, 413. His OPS at 706 is a career low. And his uh, ground outs to air out, he's at .92, which is pretty much right on par with where he's been. But he's not getting, he's not hitting the long ball enough, and he's not putting the ball in play. He's got 49 hits and 223 at-bats, and like I said, 61 strikeouts. Another guy that if the Brewers' offense need, wants to play better, he's a guy that needs to turn it around. And Luis Urias is another one. His average is up to 146. This time last week, he was batting below 100. His on-base percentage is up to 300. His OPS is up to 568. His last seven games, he's 227 average with a 320 on-base and a 409 slugging. Last 15 games, he's batting 146 with an on-base of 300, slugging a 268. He's got one home run on the year, five RBI. Six hits and 41 at-bats, and he has struck out 13 times in 41 at-bats. So another guy that's striking out quite frequently right now. These are three bats the Brewers need to play better. If they want the offense, which is one of the worst offenses in baseball, they're averaging about four runs a game right now. If they want to play better, if they want to uh, play better baseball, Council is talking about it that he, they, he needing to figure out what to do easy. You need these three guys to start playing better. You need those three guys, Adamez, Telez, and Urias to start producing. That is what you need. That is what you need to see happen if you want the Brewers offense to turn it around. And Corbin Burns on the pitching side, they need him to become – ace Corbin Burns more consistently. He's been very up and down right now. Um, he gets blown out in some starts, and other starts he looks really good. He's got a 396 ERA. Um, he's 5-5 five and five on the year. In 15 starts, he's 5-5. Five and five. Eight, six strikeouts. Um, if you put that into account, um, how he... So his ground out to air outs, he's at 0.88, uh, very low. His whip is at 1.15, uh, highest since 2019 was at 
Um, hits, he's only giving up a batting average of 216, which is pretty much a little higher than his uh, career average of 211. He struck out 86 batters. Um, he had 2020. He played in 12 games, started nine, and he had 88 strikeouts. He did 86 in 15 games. Um, so that's definitely down from 2020. His thought, you know, his, uh, he's given up 71 hits already. Last year, he gave up 144. And the home runs, he's allowed 12. Last year, he allowed 23. His Cy Young winning year, he allowed seven. In 2020, he allowed two. Um, before 2022, his uh, he had not 17 home runs allowed in 2019. What I'm trying to say is the Brewers need those three bats and Adamas, Telez, and Urias playing better baseball on the offensive side, and they need Corbin Burns pitching better. They need Corbin Burns pitching like the Cy Young caliber pitcher that we've seen him be in 2020 and 2021. He has not pitched well in a while, unfortunately, to be perfectly honest, but we need him to start producing better. Run scored per nine nine innings. He's at 4.36. He was at 3.25 last year, 2.53. Cy Young year, 2.26 is 2020 year, 9.55 in 2019. Um, his on base percentage allowed, he's at 287, which only year higher than that is 2019 when he was at three, he gave up a 388 on base percentage. And OPS is at 638, second highest in his career. Highest in his career was 1.011 back in 2019. So Corbin hasn't completely gone back to his 20, uh, 2019 performances, but he's closer to his 2019 performances than he is his 2021 and 2021 and 2020 performances. So the Brewers still have a great shot at making the playoffs. They still, if you look at all the pundits and the betting lines and all the other avenues out there, the Brewers have the highest chance and their the highest percentage in their division right now to make the playoffs. So they can still definitely make the playoffs. However, they need those guys to play better. With that said, thank you for those who watched live. Thank you for those that will be watching later. Thank you those who are going to be listening to the podcast. Please share the show with your friends and neighbors and whoever else. Appreciate it. And with that said, I'll get back at you next week. We talk more Brewers and then any updates on the Bucks that we might have between now and next week. Have a great rest of your evening, everybody. I'll talk to you later.